Welcome back to the Creative for More podcast. My name is Morgan. Joining me today is my friend Amanda out in North Carolina. We're continuing the series called Where Are They Now? Featuring conversations between me and people I went on the world race with exactly one year ago. All right, here's Amanda. Where are they now? I'm so sorry that... uh, I'm late. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I said Eastern and I was like, well, maybe she just read my text quickly and maybe she was thinking no. uh, Central Time. So I was like, yeah, so I'm gone for a run. So I was like, well, I guess Oh, just- nice. Where are you at right now? You're in Asheville, correct? Yeah, I'm actually in a town outside of Asheville. It's called Black Mountain, North Carolina. Ooh, so it's okay. about 15 minutes, 20 minutes outside of Asheville on the east side of Asheville. Ooh, Okay. Wow. And you have your own space and everything, right? Yeah, I actually purchased a house here in the mountains oh in my May. Gosh. It's it's awesome. Nobody move here. Nobody come. <laughs> we uh, we really like it. So oh uh, my goodness. Yeah, it's um like I literally have turkeys in my front yard, and uh, actually a bear walked through my backyard the other day. Like a what? black bear. Oh yeah, black mountain. Like black bears are are real. They're they're very present. Um, I've seen several trail running and, um, I almost ran a few over the other day. I mean, they're, they're around, so it's cool. Do you love it? I do. I, I love it. I love knowing that you're just out there thriving. Um, I'm going to get us into this conversation. Basically, I just want to ask you a little bit about your time as soon as we got back from the race and what that consisted of obviously now you're in Asheville so I want to talk about what that process was like for you mentally and spiritually you know of making that big decision um and then basically just what this year has held for you and kind of looking back on the race what sticks out and what made the most uh impression for you and all of that kind of stuff so I'm gonna start with if you can go back with me mentally now to uh coming home from the race if I remember right you did some traveling whenever you got back yeah I actually I traveled pretty much all over the U.S. um until December and then I came to the Asheville area in January most of the travel was for fun for to visit family and friends I was like you know um this is uh you know I don't have a committed job I don't have anywhere I have to be yeah Um, and I was just able to go visit people and bless mm-hmm. them and enjoy being with them and catch up with them. And then I really feel like God was like rooting in me um, the desire to plant roots because mm-hmm. I was like, we moved all the time on the race. And then I was moving all the time after the race. I mean, I was like every two weeks I was going somewhere different. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so now I'm even now I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to <laughs> stay home. So it's it's really cool because I've always been kind of a nomad spirit, not like necessarily nomad, but I've always loved traveling. Sure. Um, but yeah. uh, it's and now been, you're really enjoying where you are. <laughs> Yeah. And actually this other, this past week, I kind of had a, a, a stopping moment. Cause you know, when you travel all the time, it's easy to like, be like, Oh, you're cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm cool. You know? And then like, you don't have the, the fear of rejection or, mm. you know, the, you know, I'm here and you see all my stuff and I see all your stuff. And are we still going to choose each other? Are we still going to, you know, call each other higher and yeah. encourage each other, you know? So this last week I was like, like, I really felt the. I was like, I can't just like leave, you know? I mean, I could. But, yeah. Um, you know, I think sometimes with traveling, there's comfort in, oh, I'm not staying, you know? And For um, sure. <laughs> but, you know, there's an element of, 
of comfort and like knowing people accept you yeah you know and all and they see all the things you know yeah that is absolutely something I relate to so much that was so appealing about the world race for me was the fact that it moved around so often and you were able to just kind of have a fresh start every month see obviously a lot of different things but there was something very psychological almost emotional about it for me of the fact that it allowed me to escape having Mm -hmm. to be planted somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we did come home, that was something that I was uh, wrestling with for a bit, maybe, or just trying to figure out how I felt about it after having gotten to do it for a year and to be like, okay, well now what do I want out of my like present and out of my future? And that's still something that I think I'm working through. Even yesterday, this is ironic that you brought up that side of it because just yesterday I made an Instagram post about uh like sticking to the commitments I make and how mm-hmm. so often I want to just ditch I want to run and then I get a little freaked out after I've like made a decision and be like no no like I don't want to be bound to that uh because of being here now in Texas for two weeks and I started my job last week I just started to have those anxieties again and was like did I make a mistake or should I get out of here you know and mm-hmm. I think that there's something so challenging but very good for my spirit for sure. And it sounds like something you can relate to of being able to like sit somewhere, like grow some roots and really pour into what's around me and be very present. And I think I'd even put in the caption that movement is not always the same thing as growth. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes those two things can go together. And I think a lot of times they do for me because I know the way that God has wired me and stuff. But It doesn't always require movement for me to grow. And sometimes it takes being in one place. There is a, um, you know, there's something for staying. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, like as, as Christians, you know, you try like the goal is to be obedient to God. And I've learned obedience on a whole nother level, especially after the race. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, there is an obedience in in staying. I felt very strongly like God is calling me to the U S I would be being disobedient if I went back out on the mission field, even though it would look Great, you know, great pictures, great, great blog (laughs) posts, you know, it's, it looks great. But, but for me in my personal walk with the Lord, like I knew I was supposed to be coming back to the U S and planning roots and Hmm. being a, being a present family member, being a present friend and not just kind of hiding behind mission work, quote unquote, you know? Wow. Um, That's so good. So yeah. So obedience looks different for all of us. Even kind of like you've demonstrated in your life already, like for even one person that can just look differently depending on what season it is, like what year it is for the person and what maybe God is trying to work up in them at the time. And there's actually what they call uh, with adventures and missions, world race. uh, They have different quote unquote landing zones for Africa. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's actually a landing zone here in Black Mountain, Asheville. And I was like, oh, you know, I was uh, talking to Andrew Chambers, one of the guys when I was actually on the race about about the landing zone and um, really just planned on coming here and being like, what y'all are doing is great. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, see you later. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Like really legit was like, yeah, I'm going to kind of go do my own thing. And uh, I came here and I mean, conversations I was having within 24 hours of being here and um, their vision is actually my passion, Hmm. uh, which is kind of, I kind of discovered my passion sort of on the race, but it's basically equipping the body of Christ. I love discipleship and um, seeing people like really walk in their identity in Christ, like who God made them to be. And, and that's, that's their, that's their vision, you know, building people, uh, building the body of Christ, uh, having people be 
whole, healthy, excelling in every area of their life, in their marketplace, in their marriages, in their relationships, um, you know, in their health. Um, and so I was just like, I, I want to be a part of this. And so, yeah. And I, I visited several times last fall and, mm-hmm. the, and just every time I was like, like, I just felt like it was like, yes, this is it. So yeah. So I moved here and it's, uh, it's, it, things have gone slower, you know, um, mm-hmm. definitely the economy has, you know, hindered, sure. <laughs> you know, getting, you know, uh, financing and housing and all that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, it's gone slower, but I've had peace the whole time. It's, um, good. Yeah. You know, I felt like, you know, say follow peace. It's not always been like, I know every step of the way, but it's, I, mm-hmm. I know the, I know the next step and, mm-hmm. and I may get frustrated about something because it's going slower than I want it to or something, but I, sure. I still have peace. So I don't like backing out on my commitments. So I mm. knew, I knew whatever decision I made, I wanted to be comfortable with. So yeah. um, I really hashed out, you know, all of my options of staying in Myrtle beach. What would that look like? I'm really trying to be present where I am. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, but then, you know, catch up with people immediately once you, you know, see them. Um, yes. So yeah, which I respect yeah. that quality a lot because I think just that part of my nature to uh, sort of avoid where I am in the present moment. So I think the fact that you have the discipline to, uh, even if it means, you know, that we're not catching up all the time or you're not able to catch up, you know, as much maybe as you would like to or, you know, whatever, as you would maybe in another life with the people on our squad and stuff and and have to say no to certain things, but just for the sake of being really present where you are, I think that's just, I think it's admirable and something that since I don't naturally relate to, I think uh, I find it endearing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear you talk about it, just that sort of mindset that you have behind where you are and soaking in and stuff. So I think it's cool. When I was in the Philippines on the first, the first month of the race, and it's a lot of things God has told me has really stuck with me, which is really mm-hmm. cool. But the Lord, um, yeah, I just felt like he like whispered in my ear and was like, don't miss now. Hmm. Um, and so I, I'm trying to, you know, not miss now and thinking about the future, you know, it's, it's good to be planned and be wise and that kind of thing, but, yeah. but just really enjoying now. I feel like I remember you say, saying at one point on the race, like maybe in Lesotho or something that God told you to pause thinking about the future for a while. Is that mm-hmm. right? Oh, okay. I'm sure he did. Yeah. And then I got to month six and I was like, Oh, flip. I don't even want to like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Why do I want to know what I'm doing six months from now? And so then I get to month six and I was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to play in really kind of comical. Wow. (laughs) He's almost just looking for us to provide the space to be patient and to be present. And then we will like, we will adjust to that and it will feel good. I don't know. That's just so interesting. I'm curious about what it's been like for you to go from uh, just some of these places overseas, of course, uh, a lot of the countries we stayed in were third world countries, and specifically the, the areas that we were in oftentimes were places with high poverty and stuff like that. But to kind of go from that sort of environment, I mean, now that it's been a year and you are working again and you're living on your own and you're in this new area, what has that transition been like? So initially when I got back, I was very overwhelmed. Mm. um just very overwhelmed with the fast paceness of everything yeah. you know, we live we lived a lot simpler lifestyle and so it just, I was just overwhelmed and so that took a while and even going back to work I, I didn't feel as sharp 
as I was, Mm -hmm. um, not in the, not in the content, but just in the amount of, of things that were going on uh, around me. And so, um, so that was an adjustment and that was, I mean, that hurt my pride because, you Mm. know, I, I love doing all the things and being excellent (laughs) and checking all the boxes. And so it was, um, I just, that hurt my pride to be slow, I guess. But, um, but I, I definitely feel in full swing now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, but you know, God met me in such a intimate way in the simple. Yeah. Um, and so I, even now I have to like remind myself to like slow down and, um, mm-hmm. really focus on the Lord and just like remember him in the going and doing and, mm-hmm. and rejoicing and praising and, and stuff like that on a daily basis. Um, yeah. So yeah, because I think distraction is a big thing that uh, we can that can happen to us in the U.S. is we're just we're just distracted. We just we don't even remember God in our day because we have <laughs> all these things to do. You know. Um, uh huh. I love living in a first world country. I love. We're so blessed. Um, yeah. All but coming back, uh, people people complaining about first world problems has sure. been has been. I mean, I had minimal tolerance when I first got back. I have, a, I, have a, I have a lot more tolerance now, but it, it definitely mm. angered me when I first got, got back or just mm. kind of, you know, maybe it like, I hope like a righteous anger, but, yeah. um, but now I'm just, I'm just like, they just, their perception, they just don't know. Um, right. So yeah, uh, they're basing what they're saying off of their own experiences. Yeah. Um, tell me a bit about your current job and you're discipling some, or like mentoring some people right now. Yeah, so I actually work part time now. Um, okay. I d- I don't I don't want to work my thirties away. I feel like I worked my twenties away. So mm. I work part time actually at a mental health home. Uh, I host a clinic once a week for uh, children um, that are transitioning out of the hospital back to um, some kind of outpatient regular life setting. Uh, and they're mm-hmm. getting mentally stabilized or figuring out between foster care or, uh, you know, back to their parents or something like that. So I yeah. host a medical clinic once a week and uh, just just manage the medical problems, uh, you know, with the mental health facility. You know, some other psychological problems or counseling sometimes comes up, too, which is which is really cool. Um, hmm. And then I work as needed at a few of the hospitals. And then. Okay. So that actually allows me to have a lot more like work-life balance. So I'm pretty involved in my church here. We have a discipleship program for uh, young students or um, really whoever wants to participate. And um, so I'm actually health coaching uh, quite a few students. Wow. And, yeah. And it's, um, it's cool. That they let, they let me speak sometimes at uh, our church, <laughs> our uh, kind of like church uh, equipping gatherings. Uh, we meet uh, two nights a week. And actually last, mm-hmm. uh, last week I spoke on healthy communication and feedback, uh, which went really well. And, wow. um, so yeah, so it's, it's really cool to, um, just discipleship had such an impact on my life when I was in college. And, uh, yeah. so it's, it's cool to see my students grow. And, you know, I was like the other, the other week I was like, Oh my gosh, think about what you just said. Like three months ago, <laughs> you know, you were afraid to do this, you know, and now you're talking hmm. about doing it all the time, you know, and, wow, um, you know, and so it's, it's cool to see them grow and uh, change their perspective on some things and uh, just get better. So 
That's so cool. I bet you're so good at that role. <laughs> That's really cool. And I'm glad that you, yeah, you still get to, you're still working in medicine and you still have that hands-on work experience often, even if it's part-time now. I feel like that's probably a really healthy way to go about it, it sounds like, for your current season and to be able to pour into youth like you are right now. Ah, you just kind of have the best of both worlds where you are right now. Thanks. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. God is good. Thinking, yeah. Gosh, it's such a testament, too, of things that you would talk about and stuff on the race and how you were so looking forward to getting back and having those roots and stuff, but being able to pour into people because you love discipleship so much. So the fact that you're living it out right now is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is good. Super good. And mm. I'm, I'm thankful to like find a church home that, um, you know, we just, we're just on the same page and we have each other's heart and uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just thankful for like, my family here, you know, my family in Christ. Yeah. So. Wow. Which is, it seems to be a a pretty common story for racers to come back and struggle to find, you know, um, a church community that they identify with so well. So that also speaks volumes that you have had a good experience with it. Um, I feel like I've talked to people from our squad in particular, other squads, the squad that I had, um, the chance to lead with and stuff um, people who came back and they're just sort of having a hard time finding their place also it's a really weird time right now anyways for community you know and staying connected with people and being out and about and stuff but um, yeah I haven't really engaged in uh, probably a more structured church community in a while and on my way down to Houston to move I stopped in Waco to visit with Madison And uh, we went to this pretty large church because she's doing campus ministry. So she was uh, visiting a church with one of the college students and I went with him and I walked through the door and I remember thinking, this is the first time I have walked into an American church since probably November um, because there was Christmas and I was immediately getting ready to go back out on the field in January. I went back out on the field for about three months, came back and everything was shut down. And so going back to that church was so surreal for me. But um, I think even despite the fact that I haven't um, found a consistent type of community like that, I've still been able to at least find it within the squad um, through long distance communication the fact now that I'm living with Melissa and that Sydney is a short ride away. I mean, I think God has still moved uh, in my life in that arena, but it's, it's odd for me to think about, I don't know, on the race, whenever I would kind of picture what my life would look like coming back to the States and finding a church to like really dig into and go deep with. And it just hasn't happened yet, but um, maybe it'll happen here in Texas at some point. So yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of cool to hear your own personal stories about it because that's like the other side of what it can look like. And that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually went to uh, like a mega church. I actually went to a mega church before uh, world race and which is mm-hmm. awesome. Super awesome. <laughs> but I went back and I was just so overwhelmed after, and, you know, after I got back from the race, I was, I was just, overwhelmed and yes. um I think that was part of I was still in a little bit of culture shock but uh I did I did want a smaller church I just I wanted that's that that was my goal for a smaller church um, yeah so I can definitely see um how it after kind of like world race culture and what we did and experience yeah it's definitely 
different coming back to the U.S. and finding yeah. a church. So, yeah, the American church is much different than uh, even church services that we'd get to go to overseas. I mean, naturally, that makes sense. But there was in a similar way that you said you had felt overwhelmed coming back to the U.S. at first. And I mean, definitely that overstimulation for sure, just the way that we all live and breathe and the way that people do things here. Um, And even within church, for sure, I felt that um, in those couple of months between my two races um, where I would go back, even I'll just say this as an example, like, because I do go to a, I originally went to a smaller church in Missouri. So whenever I came back off the field from our 11 months, I'd kind of slid back into that and was like, okay, like it's a smaller size. And so it was pretty good for the most part. Something that threw me off was um, maybe one, the worship style, but I think that's kind of to be expected where we had kind of found our rhythm and flow on the squad of how we did worship together. So maybe Mm -hmm. that, but the one really big kicker for me was to be back in like um, organized rows of seating (laughs) and I felt so constrained and like I couldn't move and I wanted all the chairs gone so bad like I just I I think in one of the services I went to the back which it was unfortunate because like there's a there's a couple of doors in the back but it was like the only spot where there was extra room and I just felt so out of place and so restricted which is just it's interesting because I probably would not have noticed that before the race And so coming back from the race, I was like, oh, I miss just like worshiping in a living room. And I don't know, just everything's kind of casual in their space and stuff. But (laughs) that was one thing that kind of threw me off. And I was like, I hope this is is not going to be some kind of hurdle for me to have to like keep facing whenever I'm I'm starting to look for a church home because everybody uses seats like that, unless if you're in like a house church. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually talked about um, here in Asheville in our community about how, how we do church and uh, that it, it, I mean, we're always evolving and kind of changing as a culture. And so, you know, the way we do church may end up evolving. Um, Hmm. But, you know, I really do think people want to be known. And um, sometimes like the big setting is, uh, is, is not conducive to that. And so um, I think, I don't know, I kind of think the way we do church is going to change a bit. So yeah interesting okay that's cool I think in general too um more modern churches in the U.S. uh different influential like church leaders that you'll see maybe on like YouTube and Instagram and stuff but I think in general there's kind of a conversation happening within the church here just about how to make adjustments and because I would assume that maybe in like the last 30 or so years or a couple of decades that maybe there's been a shift and people falling away from the church or things like that, but for different reasons. And so uh, I think it's interesting that we're probably a part of some sort of younger generation that's having to um, come to terms with things and answer some of these bigger questions of how are we doing church and is it working for people and also recognizing the community that you're uniquely serving uh, wherever you are in the U.S. But Um, Yeah, I think that's a pretty popular conversation happening for the most part, I would argue. Now, there's still plenty of areas and like maybe, uh, I don't know, certain regions or denominations maybe who probably think that everything's fine and they're just going to keep doing things the way that they do it. And I think people want to be real and they want to be known. And and I think they want to encounter God. I think people are just like looking for an environment that they can be known and authentic and encounter the Lord's goodness. When looking back on your time on the field, what really sticks out to you of 
like themes throughout the race or a couple of big things that you think you learned? Definitely, you know, be present. Don't miss now. Um, hmm. uh, obedience was huge. I'm, I'm pretty headstrong and stubborn and, you know, I, I, I want to do things my way, but just uh, realizing that God's way really is better than my way. And mm. um, o- obedience to him leads to life more abundant and mm. uh, not obedience to my plans, obedience to what he says to do in his plans. And um, just uh, just coming to that revelation of like obedience is so much better and his way is so much better than my way. And his like mm. when he when he says, uh, I'll give you more than you can ask, imagine or think like like he's not joking. Um but, uh, you know, but there's, there's some pruning, you know, I had to, uh, he pruned me of, he's been, he's pruned and has been pruning, you know, me of negativity and, um, yeah. really learning to dwell on whatever is noble, righteous, praiseworthy, excellent. That's yeah. so good. It's funny too. I just thought of this, but you and I were, uh, airplane buddies, like we, were. Buddies we, were. we would always, <laughs> we would always sit by each other because of our last names and the way that they bought the tickets. But I can actually recall um certain times we didn't always fly but especially for some of the longer trips so i mean i feel like it was such a cool unique um every once in a while check in with amanda warden you know um but and i can recall like seeing you at the end of a certain month and you talking about these things that god was just doing in your life and pruning you like you said and just taking you on these journeys and stuff of Mm -hmm. and yeah just obviously the renewal of your mind in different ways so that's so cool to think about those little pockets of time that we had like with that uh you know with like the obedience to him is life more abundant like like life more abundant is outside of my comfort zone you know and um the stretching and the growing like you know growing is can be painful you know when you learn something new when you learn a new craft a new trade if you want to grow muscle Hmm. and get stronger like they require some level of discomfort And so, you know, I want to grow, you know, I want to grow spiritually, emotionally, mentally, you know, physically, like I want to, I want to get better. And so just learning, you know, for the longest time I was like, you know, I think, I think we do embrace comfort in the U S like, I think comfort (laughs) is probably one of our idols, but, um, we don't want to be uncomfortable. Um, but, uh, but you know, like I, I love working out. So physical uncomfort is like, or uncomfortability is like, normal but you know other stuff I'd be like no you know and so (laughs) but just learning like no stepping out of your comfort zone and praying for that person might be out of your comfort zone and uncomfortable but you're robbing that person of a blessing and it's actually going to make your life better by you stepping out of your comfort zone yeah um this is kind of just like a fun question but uh is there any place that we went to any certain location that you could see yourself going back to either for a short-term trip or maybe living for a season uh i love south africa and colombia believe it or not Mm. yeah wow yeah i knew you loved south africa cape town was the dream where we were staying was the dream (laughs) yeah i i considered moving to cape town for you know a season and then and then i came back to the u.s and i was like no i just i just love home like i just i just i just (laughs) love the u.s um i definitely i definitely would go i would go back to south africa but then Colombia, which is actually really interesting. Uh, Columbia, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, Colombia was not even on my radar. I didn't even, I wasn't even excited about going to Colombia with it being on our race. I was just like, whatever, it's just part of it. And so, <laughs> um, but I go there and then we did ATL there. 
and we had a debrief in Medellin. Then we went to Costaño mm. Beach um, and Santa Marta and Barranquilla and uh, Minta. And uh, then my team went to Philandia. And so I, I saw a lot of Colombia and, and loved it. It's gorgeous. Huh. The people are really sweet. They speak, uh, you know, slower Spanish or they'll slow down their Spanish for you if, if you need some help. And, um, but interesting enough, the ministry that I'm, uh, the church I'm associated with, they go to Colombia just about every year. And no way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They go to Medellin and the city of refuge and, uh, they're actually not going this year. They're actually uh, just fundraising and sending money uh, for people mm. to, to have food and, and just for the ministry down there, which is, is really great. They've raised a lot of money and, and fed a lot of people with it, um, with refugees and all of the COVID stuff. So, um, but it, it was really cool that I was like, I was, I was like, church I'm going to is actually like invested in a, in a country that I, I actually would like to go back to because I typically yeah. I typically I don't go back places I'm like I'm like I want to see I want to see the world you know I feel that I'm yeah. like moving on you know but uh, <laughs> yeah but I really do like Colombia it's gorgeous and the people are really sweet and I, w- I would go back there so wow that's so ironic yeah. I mean so god of course but really cool that you would actually have very real potential to go back sometime yeah who mm-hmm. was I talking to? I was talking to Jenny. Um, she was the last podcast that I recorded. Um, and she also really loved Columbia. So it sounds like I think where your team went specifically, it seemed like a really um, a really good month. But also, like you said, all the traveling and the things that you got to see at the beginning. Um, not everybody opted in for those trips. So, I mean, you chose to go and explore Columbia and you loved it. So that's oh, cool. Yeah. We've kind of hit that time, but I just really appreciate you doing this. I think you're so insightful to talk to. I love listening to you. This is part of the reason why I think our plane rides were so enjoyable whenever we would get to catch up before, you know, we would put in headphones and fall asleep or whatever. But also, I, I can even think of certain debriefs where you and I would sit down. And um, I think this kind of conversation just reminds me of why you're so enjoyable to talk to and just a very safe place for people to come, which again, I think capitalizes on how great you must be in your role with mentoring these students and being an example to them. I love getting to hear, you know, with 12 months later, what is not only what are you up to now, but just the way that you have processed our trip and stuff and what you've kind of gleaned from it. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Cool. Love you, Amanda. Love you too. Love Amanda. She's great. Even after we hit stop, we talked on the phone for quite a while afterwards, just catching up and talking about life. Uh, Yeah, so I'm glad she did this. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope it was enjoyable for you. Tune in for more episodes like it in the series. Yeah. Later.